Hello and welcome along to the very first ever episode of the Med Talk podcast brought to you by the editorial teams um, from Rapid Life Sciences, uh, specifically that's MedTech Innovation uh, and I'm the editor for that, my name's Dave Gray, hello. Um, Digital Health Age, we're joined by the reporter uh, Rhys Armstrong, say hi Rhys. Hello. Uh, we also have the editor for Medical Plastics News, that's Lou Rahman, say hello. Hi. And we also have Fliss Thomas, the editor from European Pharmaceutical Manufacturer. Hi. So uh, the idea is that once a month we'll uh, bring you a podcast with all of the latest uh, news and announcements that we've found most interesting um, from the previous few weeks from the worlds of digital health, medical technology and pharmaceuticals. So uh, I'll let you get straight on with the first episode and uh, hope you enjoy. Reese, why don't you get us started? So I want to discuss Jawbone, the wearable company going into liquidation, uh, which was announced earlier this month. It was once valued uh, at a few billion, and now it's selling all of its assets off. They 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 were one of the big two, really, Jawbone and Fitbit. Fitbit yeah, I yeah. guess were the big the big two at the time. At, at the time of well, when the wearables craze was kicking off, really. Yeah. So what's happened to them? Why are they? Um, it's a number of things. It was, well, over valuation, uh, forced from, well, stopped from being able to sell the business onto other companies. Um, bad product lines for a number of years. Bad customer service. Right. And then was earlier this year there was a legal dispute with Fitbit, as well over. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, can you remember that? <coughs> yeah. I mean, I think all the brands of the major brands have come up against that. You know, particularly. Um, when it comes to products that claim to be able to deliver an accurate heart rate measure, mm. um, things like that, I yeah. think. Didn't they last year say that they made you fat? Well, there was a, that claim, wasn't it? Was, yeah, there was a lot of stories last yeah. year about it. I was a study that was two groups of people. One weren't wearing That's right, a fitness yeah. tracker. <clears> one yeah. was, and because they did exercise and recorded it, they were wearing a fitness tracker, felt that they could reward themselves with Food, Fast yeah. food, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sugary snacks. Yeah, I think we've all done that. <laughs> but again, it's it's a motivational tool. Yeah. You know, so for people, they want to want to use it in the correct way. It's it's, it's great, but it's not going to take pounds off you if you don't have the right motivation yourself. And it also also isn't there. Um, there's a big criticism, I think, of of that kind of um, the way that these products are marketed, um, and Jawbone were certainly guilty of this they're always marketed at you know what I term the young and the beautiful and that's typically a demographic that doesn't yeah. need to wear a Fitbit so mm-hmm. they, 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 or, or a jawbone mm-hmm. or, or a wearable device so the, the, they've always I think the, the problem one of the big problems with the wearable sector in general is that they've never kind of got the marketing message right and also the price point of these things they are aiming them at Mm. demographics that are typically <clears throat> healthy and wealthy yeah. and, and you know that's that's not the, necessarily the, the, the target market um, where these things are going to make a difference. Yeah. Well that's true a lot of that digital health stuff isn't it where they say that the people that really need it don't get it Yeah. because they're yeah. not interested in it. Yeah. So. 
where and that that's the, <coughs> the sector that it could make a difference to. But with that, were they collecting data off people, or was it just? Um, no, it will have been. Where's that gone? Do we know? We don't know yet. What do you think about the future for um, companies like Fitbit now? Is it open market for them? Or? Fitbit are doing pretty well, yeah. still. Um, Apple have obviously came into the forefront. Yeah. With this uh, smartwatch. Yeah. Um, but I think the advent of a smartwatch and also technology just in mobile phones has sort of fragmented the wearables market. Because, like those devices, smartwatches and phones can do it. Can do that. Yeah. So is a smartwatch a better device than like Fitbit? The Fitbit options that are out there. I'd say Apple's second version of it is because that's it's not solely focused around fitness, but you know it's health. It, yeah. it, it, it's it's definitely geared towards that sector a bit more. It's got yeah. like a lot of new features. Um, it depends how you know how much you want to use it. If you're going down a really strict route, you can go to Philips who classify their devices as, as a medical device. Right. Um. But for a consumer market, then Apple's going to do the job, Fitbit's going to do the job. You had the Philips watch to try, didn't you? Yeah. It was pretty good, um, but it cost £250. Mm-hmm. And Which for a medical device is a good price, but it, for it a is, consumer but, device... But when it yeah, seems to be doing the exact same things as other devices, yeah. I didn't understand the, uh, <coughs> the benefits. It's quite interesting because what you're saying there sort of feeds into some of the stuff I've been looking at with Apple. They're saying where they've fallen down with that <clears throat> product is it, it isn't going to be able to be used for women's health. Mm-hmm. They've missed out that section and they think that might in the future affect them and the popularity of it. Why isn't it going to be able to be useful for women? They just haven't looked at that side of it, whereas okay. a lot of other products are coming out now, you know, tracking fertility right. and things mm-hmm. like that, which... Some of these things, um, that you can use them if you want to get pregnant, but you could also use them if you don't want to get pregnant as mm-hmm. well. But the, the Apple product doesn't do that, hasn't got those features. It won't have the sensors to yeah. do that. It, no, well, it hasn't, yeah. Cost me. So what but that's the sensors a big then in that, looking at women's health and what they're looking at, your temperature? Temperature, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But interestingly, with Apple, they're not just solely looking at their own products. They're working with third parties to integrate yeah. apps and medical products yeah. into the smartwatch because the issue is for Apple if they go down that medical device route then they have to be sort of uh, regulated Approved. by the FDA yeah. and they can't do that because yeah. that's going to be a hassle yeah. when it is essentially a consumer device so that's the you're talking about the health kit and the research kit well there's that line of it which is for uh, clinical, clinical trials, trials. Yeah, yeah. yeah recently at their you know, Apple's biggest conference uh, earlier this year they announced, I think it was a, di- a glucose testing kit. Oh, that's right, yeah. Mm. yeah. That would work with the Apple smartwatch right. as a third-party product. Right, okay. Right. So that sort of lets them avoid the uh, FDA route okay. but while still having products on their device. So what would you, like, connect that? Yeah, it's, a, con- it's a connected device, I think. Okay. Uh, Bluetooth, I imagine. Sticking with um, digital health, Lou, you've been looking at um, Femtech. Femtech, yeah. So basically, yeah, it's just products that address women's health and how this is going to be a really big market. Apparently, according to um, KPMG, in 2015 it was worth £55 billion and it's only just started. So it has got quite a lot of potential. 
Um, some of the stuff is connected, like the things we've been talking about, and some of it just little devices for women that have really taken off, um, like a pelvic floor exerciser that apparently Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Chloe Kardashian are really uh, fond of. Well, if it's um, good enough for them. <laughs> didn't she have um, her... <laughs> which one? Do you know which Gwyneth Paltrow's um, supposed medical device? Yeah. What's no, that? It was it? an egg. Oh, yes. That went yeah. somewhere. Well, this is similar. Oh, right, okay. Well, this is what this I'm is. Not it's really a little, this is called an LV. Can we just backtrack? I want to hear more about the Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, I'm pretty sure you I'm sure. You pop it up. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it keeps you firm if you've had a uh, baby. Or I suppose it like. Oh, I didn't know it was a muscle. It's a vibratory thing that makes the muscles. Yeah. It's just a. I thought it was just like a sort of ceramic egg. Oh, is it ceramic? Something for you. Well, I don't know. Well, like a Fabergé egg. <laughs> like a Cadbury's cream egg. <laughs> <laughs> and what, so what did she do? She, she, she just put a name, she just licensed it. Under I her, don't know. Her name I think she was just discussing sort of like well-being methods. She has you know, that like, website, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. That she talks about lots of stuff. I'm missing out on a whole world you of are, celebrity <laughs> fantasy. Very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it called Goop? It is, Something, yeah, yeah. It is lots of terrible. Something along those lines. It's not a very nice word either. It's not when you're word. talking about I mean, pelvic that's kind, of, that's kind of for the pelvic yeah. floor. Yeah, this is. It's really right. popular apparently, and uh, it's classed as a medical device. It's made out of uh, some sort of plastic, silicon polymer type thing. Um, but yeah, it's not connected. So that there's two sides of this femtech. There's just the devices, and then there's the connected devices. And some of them are really good, or you know like the fertility things the trackers and stuff like that and the, and um there's a company called clue and the ceo of that she's the one that apparently has coined this term femtech and the other other little devices are popping popping up <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry all over the place um like this uh, alternative to a tampon which is made out of a medical grade polymer and uh you you just it's not like a moon cup type thing but it's, it's something that collects rather than absorbs and then you throw it away so that's is that kind of going to take away the risk of toxic shock well, syndrome then yeah well they say so far that there's not been any cases of that mm -hmm. associated with it mm -hmm. but there is a big disclaimer on the website so mm -hmm. i don't know i suppose it, you've got to take it out after a certain amount of time they are disposable which, you know, it's plastic, it's disposable, it's not great for the environment, so there's two sides to that, I suppose. But then there are other things that you can find, like um, connected breast pumps that tell you when the right time is to express, you know, do we need that? Um, well, me and Dave don't. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But as you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's other things that, you know, not just for, for women, but but you know, for men as well, but linked to kind of the whole family thing. There's a connected device for monitoring your gut bacteria and you can use it for your baby. And another one that tells you when to change a nappy. So with so. the sorry, with the gut bacteria <laughs> device, is that does that use sensors? I think so, yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't really know a lot about that one. But with all these other with these type of things, there's also the issue of whether they just cause anxiety in people. Yeah. Rather than Actually, well, because you become obsessive mm. over yeah. over monitoring Your levels, mm. yeah. yeah. But obviously, that's the flip side of the sector. Obviously, there's a lot of good stuff mm. coming out of it. You know, like the uh, contraceptive, the 
fertility, that sort of stuff. Well, that raises an interesting question about the, the kind of connected health world and, um, you know, the, the idea of the quantified self. And um, it's something that a lot of people do worry about, whether we're becoming too um, concerned about, you know, statistics to do with our own vital yeah. signs. And, and, and what is the definition of vital signs now, where it used yeah. to be your pulse and your breathing right now, it's, it's you know, measuring... As yeah. you say, you've got bacteria. Well, do you remember when you tested out that little pebbly thing? Was it a oh, pebble? Oh, yes. I, yeah, I, 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 I was... for your yeah. heart, it, wasn't it? I, and it was for my breathing. I yeah, was sent, that, that was a bit... Oh. It, yeah, I was sent uh, something to try that you clip onto your belt if you're a guy or onto your bra if you're a girl, and um, it monitors whether you are whether your breathing is too shallow, and then it alerts you, your phone starts beeping. Which in itself is quite alarming, um, uh, it, but if you're not breathe, breathing enough, it sends you a message to say that you're you're too tense, and of course mine was going off. Yeah, um, probably because you were wearing the device, yeah. you were breathing more shallow. But it is yeah. true because the more shallow you breathe, the more oxygen you take in, and then you're more susceptible to panic because you've got mm. too much oxygen in your system. Right. Okay. Yeah, so was it for an, an, like an anxiety deterrent type of thing? I, I, that's how they marked it. Yeah, because so I can't see any other. Benefits? Uh, no. Or people with asthma, I suppose. Yeah. 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 It just reminds you to breathe, and um, uh, and then at the end of the day, you get a summary of how many tense minutes you've had and how many calm minutes you've had. But it seems a bit strange that the men wear it on their belt because I don't see how uh, again, yeah. against, the sensitivity yeah. of it against your the front of your the stomach, abdominal. Uh, the abdominal. The yeah. abdominal. Yeah. So why don't uh, women wear it there as well? I guess you could. Right, yeah. Okay. I guess you could, but it, <laughs> the, I just remember the instructions gave you two options either. The centre of your bra, yeah, right. if you wear one, and on your belt. So. I like how you went sort of gender new author <laughs> bra thing there. Yeah, if you wear, if you wear one. one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. It's uh, none of my business who wears a bra. I think doesn't. <laughs> Fliss, let's go to the world of pharma. Okay, well, uh, I have looked at a story about snortable chocolate. So now I like the sound of that. Apparently, in Europe, it was uh, coined as snockolate. Snockolate. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awful. tasty, doesn't it? I like the idea of it. I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah. I'm, I think it sounds maybe they good. maybe they can send us some snockolate and I can snort it. Well, it was, it's just recently been in the news because there is um, a product on the market now in the US called Coco Loco, and there has been some uproar, um, particularly from um, a New York Democrat, um, Senator um, Charles Schumer, uh, and he's actually asking the FDA to investigate the product because he's concerned about the potential harmful effects and because it is being marketed like a drug. Oh, right, okay. Um, so it's used for partygoers. And you just buy it, do you, in a shop? You can buy it for online okay. uh, in the US. I don't know about Europe. I couldn't really find um, sufficient details on its availability within Europe, apart from one story which said um, it was trending in Berlin originally and they were actually giving it out to people in clubs oh, instead really? of alcohol and, and illicit substances. So what's substances. in this then? Just chocolate? It can't um, just be chocolate. Well, apparently it's um, cacao powder and caffeine. This is in the Coco Loco. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the European yeah. products. And um, a lot of energy drink 
ingredients uh, okay. concentrated <clears throat> energy drink ingredients apparently so whether that has <laughs> a bad effect when you snort mm. it I don't I mean snorting anything mm. really comes with its risks well yeah. mm. in the states energy drinks are banned aren't they in bars mm. yeah. I think well yeah because um, you always hear reports of um, people getting sent to hospital over drinking too much energy, energy drink with uh, alcohol yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So effects of the well, because it's yeah, energy yeah. drinks are stimulants and alcohols are like no calming. They're like a relaxant. A relaxant, yeah. <laughs> so your heart is doing two different things yeah. when you take them. Um, but yeah, so there were some things that they said. Um, apparently, uh, the manufacturer and founder Nick Anderson, he is his company's called Legal Lean, which is based in Florida. Said you get a nice minor euphoric rush, you feel a calm energy and focus, which I don't quite understand because either you're calm yeah. or you're rushing, mm. so it seems to contradict himself there a little bit. Um, it's being touted like a drug, yeah, like ecstasy, like euphoria, so you can dance the night away. And although it's legal, uh, obviously there's a lot of talk about it being investigated but the FDA haven't issued a statement on whether it has jurisdiction over the product yet because it needs to evaluate its labelling mm -hmm. and marketing information so I don't know, I mean would it be a consumer, like a food product or would it be a drug, I suppose that's what they're looking at. Yeah and I suppose it's a bit like legal highs here mm -hmm. where they just mm -hmm. put on the packet not for human consumption didn't they but people still, they could have that as, you know, don't snort it or whatever and <clears throat> You buy it and do that anyway. Yeah, you get the you get the sense this could be the next big um, Daily Mail yeah. uh, uh, double page yeah. spread. <laughs> yeah, um, we've had Nigella with her. <laughs> yeah, we've had we've had the the zombies in Manchester with um, yeah. spice. Is it spice? Well, yeah. Manchester yeah. apparently. Manchester as well. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's still going on spice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could be um, what's it called? Snot snobbits. Snockalit. Snockalit. That's it. Snockalit. Yeah. Could be snockalit next, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose my my concern would be because obviously caffeine isn't great for you. We all know that anyway. Mm. Energy drink products, I don't think, are very good for you personally. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think they can be that good for you. So, what kind of concentration of these are you getting into your system when you're snorting something? You know, mm. that's yeah. it. It gets into your bloodstream a lot quicker than it would Much if you just yeah. eaten yeah. it. Yeah. So, and it does it if is it chocolate? Is, is there any sugar in it? What's the calorific it value? Because that might be actually it doesn't. <laughs> You're worried about anything. the calories. <laughs> well, might, you might bypass it. <laughs> it doesn't say anything about that. Chocolate, so. <laughs> but uh, I mean, obviously, you've got and you've also got the worry of it when you're snorting it. Will it go into your lungs? And apparently, they've had um, issues, you know, with other things. They had like snortable um, sugar, crystal-like sugar. That was oh. like um, something where they had people coming into hospitals with lung issues as a result of that. So, you know. It's not sounding good, is it? No. <laughs> no I don't see how you can market it either because who wants to snort some? Apart <laughs> well, from people, people going do. out to yeah. a. <laughs> <laughs> well. You're rethinking that, aren't you? Yeah. 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 It's, it's yeah. just not something nice, is it? No, no, but people do, but don't they? People yeah. snort illegal drugs, so I suppose if they're. It, it would maybe be preferable to snorting something illegal and getting caught and going to prison. You just have the smell of chocolate up your nose all night. Yeah, though, just, you? That's that, that to me. I think it's because I've just got this image of a daily milk bar, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Reese wants to snort a whole dairy milk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it says not to do that. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's cacao powder, which apparently has in history been used as well um, by the ink. Well, it, there is something, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Um, Aztecs and Mayans apparently used yeah. to uh, use the power of cacao to help make participants in their rituals and ceremonies uh, go into a state of ecstasy, apparently. Mm. So, I but suppose it makes things more believable. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Has the uh, company developed anything else before this? Or is it a new type of... Uh, not as far as I know, he, the um, founder, uh, Nick Anderson, actually said that he was interested in it, he saw it trending in Europe, but mm -hmm. decided to make his own. Um, he didn't actually get the advice of any sort of medical person. So he doesn't come from that type of background? No, he's just literally constructed something and then said, oh, well, there's not been any health issues coming out of Europe as a result of it, so it should be fine. And just sold it. <laughs> Sounds genuine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dave. Okay, yeah, the last, sure I guess the last thing um, is kind of back to the world of med tech, although um, probably not as exciting as snowball chocolate and, and not as connected as um, femtech, um, but. Um, it's to do. It actually comes from the world of Formula One. I don't know. Is anybody a Formula One enthusiast? Used to be. Used to be. Mm -hmm. So you might um, sort of understand some of these references more than me. Um, I I'd sooner watch paint dry personally. But, um, so you're giving us a story based on something that you find really boring. Correct. Right? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know much about. That I don't know much about. Yeah, that I've just briefly read before we, before we sat down here. Um, <clears throat> So this is um, a company, Advanced Healthcare Technology, they're based down in Suffolk and um, they have uh, been supplying the NHS with something called BabyPod for several years um, and it's now been kind of overhauled with an F1 spin. So it's kind of, they've teamed up with the Formula One industry to kind of um, enhance the baby pod product. What is baby pod? Because at the minute I've got a vision of a baby in a really fast buggy just being <laughs> set off. But you're not far <laughs> off. You're not far off. So um, essentially, um, when a, a baby's born, if there's any um, reason why it may need to be transported in an ambulance to okay. another hospital or another area, um, the traditional method is to use a big, expensive metal incubator yeah. um, and the baby pod idea originally came about because um, if the ambulances are in accidents, which happens quite a lot because of the speeds they're going at, um, the incubators are really dangerous, not obviously for the baby, but also for the, for the ambulance yeah. staff and the paramedics that are around, around the unit. So um, a few years ago, I'm not sure um, how long was it, 2004? Yeah, 2004. Um, uh, advanced healthcare technology were approached by the NHS to develop a device, so that's the original BabyPod. But now what they've done is um, they've launched something called BabyPod Twenty, and it's the the new the new version. And they've teamed up with um, Williams Group, um, which I guess means more to you than it does to me. 
it's yeah, a, a team within the F one mm. industry producer cars and. So they they basically I think they pro, I think what happened was advanced healthcare technology went to Williams Group and said um, we need some ideas for making BabyPod even safer and and we need it to be able to withstand higher speeds and higher impacts okay. sort of thing and so we we came to you guys because you're you're the pros on this kind of thing um, but then Williams Group took a really active interest in it and are actually now manufacturing it themselves. So they have struck so they've some... they've nicked the idea. They haven't nicked the idea. <laughs> I, I assume they've, they've struck some kind of deal with advanced healthcare technology. Okay. And um, it's some kind of license deal, but they literally manufacture the baby pod in the same premises that they make Formula One. Is Williams BMW? Is that what it is? Or is that wrong? I'm not sure. In years since I've watched it. So yeah, so that's it. Um, it's um, they're looking to produce three hundred Williams Group. This is looking to produce three hundred baby pods this year, and uh, five hundred next year. Um, I think all for the NHS. So, so they're not in the NHS yet. We've got to wait for it. No, you can still get the original baby, but pod, not this new, but not the new, new one. Um, and it's. I think the stats on it are that it can carry. Uh, it can withstand 20 g-force in a crash due to its strong carbon fibre shell, it says here. Yeah, there was a similar story in NPN maybe six weeks ago. Um, I did it, please don't worry. <laughs> yeah, my mind went blank that <laughs> um, And it was about sort of uh, ambulances getting in crashes, but this was, it was a similar, the pod was developed to make it easier to um, sort of extract the baby. In a, in a quick and timely manner to get to hospital and kit. Yeah, it was for um, early uh, early births. Premature. Uh, yeah, premature yeah, babies, okay. it was for them. Um, right. So, uh, it's obviously, a lot, a lot more yeah. risk of, uh, of damage. Interesting to know how many are actually involved in accidents when they transfer uh, them. Yeah, yeah there was a problem. stat, I think it was yeah. made from 2014, it was outdated, <laughs> and I think it was only relevant, relevant to the US. Ah, There's right, a lack okay. of stats yeah. in the UK for that type of thing. I think here there's a movement to try and keep uh, hospitals, like, uh, baby, like maternity hospitals, mm-hmm. closer to acute care places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they, they've, start, they've started, I know they've started trialling it at the Great Ormond Street Hospital, so that's kind of where it's um, mm. birth, if you pardon the pun. Okay. Um, so uh, I guess keep your eyes on, on Great Ormond Street Hospital and... Um, that would be when we find out more about Formula One ambulances. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely get to places quicker. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that wraps up our very first Med Talk podcast. Um, so we'll be back in a month and uh, thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>